Come with us now, if you dare, down a rickety staircase into a dank, dark basement. What awaits the Saturday Night Freak Show? (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and germs, to the Saturday Night Freak Show podcast. Every Saturday night, it happens right here in the dank, dark basement. Thanks for joining us here at the bar. We're not as sloshed as we were in previous weeks, are we? We're still we're still good. Uh, every yeah. Saturday, we one of us picks a movie, uh, forces the rest of us to watch it, then we throw it to the wolves here at the bar, the Thunderdome, where one movie enters and like five people leave. You should have a dome over this thing. Uh, I'm Colin. I'm surrounded by the internet radio superstars. Travis. Brent. Sean. Jenny. I should have also done some housekeeping and mentioned that you can find us on Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Facebook.com slash Saturday Night Freak Show, on Twitter, at Sad Freak Show, and you can email us, Saturday Night Freak Show at Yahoo.com. We'll have your comments later in Igor's mailbag. Have we ever gotten an email? This so I don't think email. we have, actually. The it's email thing. Yeah, it's all Not since network. early on, right? I feel like you guys did early on. Maybe. Maybe. I don't remember. So long ago. We're like 150 yeah, episodes or something. Yeah, back in the glory in. days. So tonight's movie was, was chosen by time. Travis. Travis, what did we watch tonight? American Pop, the animated classic by Ralph Bakshi. And we're thinking we're pegging this at like 1981. Yep. Yeah, I think so, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did we agree on that? I yes. think that's a consensus, yeah. All right, we don't know if it's I watched the trailer earlier today. <laughs> it said 1981. Okay, there we no go. No one looked at the cover? <clears throat> so, Ralph Bakshi... Can you take us through like a little bit of history? Who this guy is? Well, I don't really know much about him, but uh, <laughs> I know his movies. You know his movies. We all know his movies. Maybe not a lot, but Wizards, uh, uh, Hey, Good Looking. Oh shit! I forgot about that. Fritz one. the Cat. Yeah, right? he did the first Fritz the Cat, which oh, that right. was like revolutionary at the time that it was made because it, well, I think even still, it's the first X-rated cartoon, <clears throat> and that was based on the Robert or the Art Crumb. Yeah, they are comic strip. Hated by him. Yeah. And, um, uh, what else did he do? Well, did we say... We did this, what, Street, street Trash? Fight? Yeah, Street Trash. Uh, Which may, is also Rings. known as Coonskin. Coonskin. Lord of the Rings, I think, is maybe, like, his most famous, right? <clears throat> so that lets you know that he's a, like, an Eastern animator, or, like, an East Coast animator, right? Yeah, he's very the Coonskin. New York. The yeah. whole, like, I mean... Yeah. <laughs> the guy, I mean, that's... The way he, he portrays... Different races, you can just tell that, you know, the characters. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying or that he's Characters, a we'll call them caricatures, because <laughs> they are exaggerated versions. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't he at some point have something to do with a Mighty Mouse cartoon in, like, the 90s? I wouldn't know. Anyway? Yeah. Nobody knows. Mighty, know. The New Adventures of Mighty Mouse? I want to say. what it says in his bio? It was around. No, I'm just remembering this from because uh, it seems to me. I mean, I kind of sort of followed him because I the first movie I think I saw of his was Fire and Ice, the yeah, fantasy, Fire and, Ice. and that's based on like Frank Frazetta paintings and stuff like that. But it doesn't look anything like a Frank Frazetta painting. <laughs> when you see the movie, it's very uh, Ralph Bakshi and then Cool World. I think was his last. Yeah, cool World. Cool. Well, he's got something out now called The Last Days of Coney Island, which I think is something you can only download on like Vimeo or something like that. It's like a 40-minute short uh, animation. But I just watched the little trailer for it, or maybe it was a Kickstarter. I'm not sure. But it looked 
like the caricature work that you saw in American Pop here, but like the whole movie was like that. So it was, it's really rough. It's like kind of sketched in animation. It was like it wasn't finished. I don't know. That's why it made me think it was maybe a Kickstarter. Hmm. Bakshi is, uh, I think, controversial in animation circles because he employs a technique known as rotoscoping. This is which actually everybody uses. But he uses it. What is it? Just because he uses it extensively. Probably. I mean, it's like every scene, right? Because he's really, yeah, I mean, I guess he just wants to, like, get the story out, I suppose. So, rotoscoping the animation, like, just with the actors and doing it as close as possible. Where I suppose other animators would either just rotoscope either just the most expensive scenes or still kind of, like, what do we define what rotoscoping was? Rotoscoping is filming uh, filming something and then basically tracing over the, uh, I don't know if you would just trace over the actual frame or... Yeah, I think they blow it up yeah, like, one frame at a time and then draw over it. Yeah. Painstaking process. Yeah. They've done it yeah. recently in, like, Richard Linklater did two movies, I want to say, right? Scanner Waking Darkly. Life and Scanner Darkly. And I know... Something else that employed it recently, but <clears throat> I mean, yeah, it's kind of the two-dimensional forerunner of what would be like motion capture now. Basically, right, right. And a lot of people don't really like it because, I mean, you get like kind of a jittery effect because, I mean, if someone's like animate, you got all these people animating all these different frames, just the way, just the way angles are, right? When someone moves. Oh, and they do. Are the backgrounds are separate? Like they're not actually in those no. backgrounds. It's no. more it's like, like it's like watching backgrounds old... are even more cartoony than the actual. Yeah. That's what like stands also, out about this. Yeah, but they're. I mean, they're still like old, old, even old Nick cartoons did this. Like you go back and watch Ren and Snippy. You know, you you can see what's gonna move and what is just like background shit that is just stationary and all right. that. I like the animation for this, the rotoscoping. Like I think it's cool. Yeah, I, I like the, the movements it gives. You to get the, the exact movements of the actors. Right. You get like the precise. I mean, you get all that human. It gives a human element to an, an animated object. I you like get it. Really good facial features. Yeah. you know, different expressions. Like it says, it can look a little weird. Different angles. Mm-hmm. When someone yeah. smiles, their teeth and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I heard they could never get bow ties right. Who the hell is that? <laughs> we have a studio what the audience. Hell is that? <laughs> well, what's um, Dave sneaking in real quick? Excuse me, I was supposed to be quiet, <laughs> but I decided. Moving on. <laughs> Did uh, uh, the original um, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs? Did that employ rotoscoping? I think so. Because it, to me, to my eye, it adds like a fluidity, I guess, to the animation that you usually don't see in. Like regular anime, because right. I mean, it just I makes it easier to. I don't know if it did. I don't think it did. I think it did. Didn't what? Didn't make a. It, I don't think it had the rotoscoping. No, I think they painted all the backgrounds first. I think well, they did that for a lot the of the rotoscoping's for the characters. Yeah, okay. they would just it's the movements, you know. Okay. Filming so they actually somebody. they film somebody that's like a blue screen or a black background, and then they trace them. So like the the background that you're seeing is like a painted. Yeah. You know, image. And then they layer, like, this clear cellophane with just the character 
on top of it, like one frame at a time. So the background just kind of remains static, but they're changing, you know, 24 frames per second, the drawings. And, and to get those drawings, they've traced, you know, some live film that they shot. Mm-hmm. Okay. It just, you know, I mean, I guess it's, you know, it's not seen as like pure animation by like the Disney type animators, right? Who would do everything by hand. And mm-hmm. I think maybe that's why Snow White looks so smooth, is that did actually like 24 frames per second, where film runs at 24 frames per second, but like usually like a lot of like Japanese animations, and I want to say Saturday morning cartoons, they would only do like what, like 12 or 14 frames? Like that, yeah. And they'd double up, you know, every so many frames, they would photograph the same frame twice, mm-hmm. you know, to make it last a little longer. But yeah, like Akira, I want to say is like a 24 frames. You know, every single one of those frames is drawn. And Snow White. And I think the boxing movies are too. But he's kind of cheating, you know, with the movement because it's not all just coming from a you know, animator looking in the mirror and then drawing himself or whatever. It's actually, he's tracing like an actual person who's acted out. So you're actually shooting the movie mm. and then tracing it over. You know? But it's, and it's, with this film, it's done like... I'm, yeah, they're they're rotoscoping, but the color palette that they're using is is almost. I mean, it's very stylized for the different periods of time that they're in. It seems very creative versus like Lord of the Rings, where like they they it look it almost like in in his Lord of the Rings, it looks like all the orcs are running at the camera and they just like silhouetted guys and they right, don't even yeah. they they like they show the actual film. <laughs> They, yeah, they yeah. don't even <laughs> rotoscope it there. And I mean, he does a little bit of that in this, right? Yeah. To like yeah. edit segments together, he just shows some like black and white uh, film from yeah from you know yeah, whatever archival footage yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. the hell you know. I mean, yeah, I guess it's cheap animation, but I mean, animation is expensive, right? Yeah. So he's going like you know, I'm sure but it he's adds just going to like. Cheap- I still think it's painstaking. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's cheap when he does this. No. I'm saying that, like, the It Japanese... might be, but it works. Well, I'm saying that using the real film oh, footage, oh, yeah. it's a way to It's a way to like, fill yeah. in the but, gaps. Yeah, you're but it also adds some financial quarters. Yeah. It adds a lot, I think, to this story, the I story of this so, movie. Yeah. I think it works, whether people look at it as cheap or, or cutting corners or what have you, but I think it works for this. Mm-hmm. Like, it adds a lot to it for me. So did they shoot those scenes cheaply? I mean, like, in a not-so-you-know-not-in-a-film you know, not in a film studio, but did they just, you know, have a guys in their everyday clothes shoot it, and then he would trace over it for the rotoscoping? Yeah, like, I wonder, I mean, because, yeah. I mean, their costumes were obviously, like, moving fluidly with them, so mm-hmm. I'm sure the people were in somewhat costumes, sure. right? Yeah, well, I saw the, I saw they, the making of... Um, <clears throat> Fire and Ice, where they actually showed some of the behind-the-scenes stuff. So, I mean, yeah, it's people, it's actors in costumes, you know, and I think, maybe, you know, I saw black and white photos, so I don't know if it was against a white wall or a green screen or what, but, it was, you know, some kind of high-contrast high surface. So you can easily see the person and be able to trace their, the edges of the lines, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, it was people in costume. I mean, I think at the... In American Pop, at the very end, during there's like a live music performance where the lead character is yeah. like you're seeing the guy live, who is traced yeah. in mm-hmm. costume with is his it, band. So it's like I think yeah. that was the model. And even though we're like skipping to the like way end, isn't it kind of weird that they at least had like his like smile reaction at the end of the show? It's almost like 
Yeah, it's yeah. almost like that's when you're like, fuck, man, we're kind of tight on the budget, you know? Let's just <laughs> let's just put some like weird filters on like yeah. this footage, and then we'll like just animate like the last few seconds. Yeah, <laughs> well, I remember that's how Lord of the Rings felt. It was like that movie was like fully animated. It feels like for the first like what, hour and a half, and then it's like at the end, it just kind of. It's like, okay, yeah. now here comes the guys in the silhouettes. And it really feels like the animation just like, we either don't have the, the stamina to finish this thing, or there's a deadline and we don't have any money left, so let's just <laughs> put the test footage yeah. in and the movie. Like, for something like American Pop, how do you think they're doing it? Do you think like there's just teams of of tracers, animators, I guess? I'm sure. I mean, because like... That's too much, right? To take on all, like, you, you can't have, like, you have to have, well, like, somebody they, for they each They probably have scene. segments, because you can see how, like, I mean, we'll get to the stories later, but, like, in the beginning of the third character's story, where he meets the band, you can tell, like, the female character, she has a weird, she has a different look to her than the whole rest of the film, right? Just that one scene... Yeah. There's just a look to her different, and I don't know if it's because they were sculpting it more like the actress, and then in the additional scenes after we yeah. introduced to her, then she has that more almost like the Cool World girl sculpted, you know, like a more because she's very haggard at the beginning. And uh, she, she looks a little like uh, I don't know, like it's, it is almost like they're doing that real trace of the yeah. photo, right? Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. like, you know. Yeah, but uh, like I think like a movie like this, the reason why like when people say animation is cheating, or this rotoscoping is cheating, I think when it comes to situations like this, I don't think American Pop is really what you would call like an animated film. It's a it's a period piece spanning like many generations, like yeah, like four or five generations and. Just to do it animated, just, I mean, come on, how much money did they save alone? Oh, yeah, in set design and in building. Set, yeah. I mean, yeah, right. from everything from from freaking 1912 to, like, ending in, like, 1980 or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just think, like, animation is the way to go, right? Regardless of, like... You're not like drawing it based on your pure instinct or like whatever, you know, you're not, but which let's like, okay. Like rotoscoping, like I said, it's been used by everyone forever. It's so funny how, yeah, there's this kind of, but I mean, everyone's Artistically, using it. this movie. I mean, be, besides that going on, there's, you know, at the beginning, it's weird because it's like this kind of a Rembrandt kind of, drawing kind of thing that you see and as they go on through the ages you know you have like a Norman Rockwell type of scene or you have like an what's his name? Oh you're saying during the credits oh uh, no like no right? no as as they show backgrounds you know the scenes of what's going on in New York like uh, Jenny said it was um, who's the uh, Gershwin? Uh, Gershwin kind of music going on and there was that scene of you know, they'd show backgrounds that were artistically drawn, but not, you know, animated. And then some of these animated characters were, like, in backgrounds, but they were animated over, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, kind of like when they got into the 
70s or 80s. It looked kind of like that Good Times picture. Like Warhol? Are you yeah, thinking? Warhol. Depending on whatever era they were in, you know, mm-hmm. how that kind of advanced throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The backgrounds versus the um, rotoscoping. I mean, there was there was always that going on, no matter whether it was a flapper girl or a, a jazz girl or band or whatever going on. But there was always that different kind of background that was going on as they went through the different ages of this music scene that was going on. Yeah. The art, I mean, some of it was really fucking cool. I mean, the background. I mean, and the, for, from the very beginning, it was kind of like, you know, from this renaissance all the way up to this modern, you know. I'm being kind of artsy-fartsy about it, but... (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, that is the point of the movie, I think, right? I mean, this is a movie from a guy who, like, loves, I think, both America and, you know, the idea of America. He's, like, looking at American history. I mean, it's a dark side to it, but it's, like, the promise, I think, that, you know... Well, it's an immigrant story. Well, and he looks at, like, the... the, And music, I guess. city, New York, basically. I mean, it never leaves New York. They're always there. there. It's always the turmoil of that, you know, as they come up. Sorry. No, no, that's true. No, that's that's a good point, Dave. I I, I agree, and I I think though also that like adding on to that, it's it's the music scene that like like the the different waves that came along. You know, the it's not like like there are certain styles of music that have always been around and always been popular, but it's like. Like they do, you know, like the jazz, and they do the, uh, I guess, uh, what would you call the seventies, the hippie or the sixties, just rock and roll, acid rock, yeah, acid rock. I mean, we go through yeah. the rock and roll, the psychedelic, through punk, yeah, and then the punk, yeah. and to, yeah. to Bob well, Seger, swing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- this great multi generational movie like culminates. In Bob's <laughs> well, now we can say like, oh, Bob's secret. But like at the time, I'm sure like that was. Like, yeah, I'm trying the, to think like 1980, right? I mean, you're before you know, uh, like what's the next like seismic thing? Like Bon Jovi. If it would have stuck oh, around, you would have had like glam metal, and then if it would have kept Ooh. going to finish off the decade or the, the the century, there's you would have eventually evolved oh, into uh, Springsteen. Right, right. But don't forget about the boss. The movie stops before they had invented uh, like R and B and rap, yeah, which would have closed out the century, right? Yeah, that would have been the evolution or de-evolution of uh, that's why they made the winner. That's true. (laughs) Well, that's the question. uh, You know, for I guess you guys is like you know, I mean, you watch this thing. Is has is it charting a evolution or a de-evolution of music? It's the evolution of music. It was supposed to be that 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 guy. Uh, his dad brought him down, and then he only had his harmonica, and then he played the piano, and then he was coming up from the piano jazz generation, and then then he got hooked on heroin, and then he was hanging out in the streets, and he turned it on to the kid, and then the kid became the drug dealer versus, you know, slash musician, and then finally the musician, and then it ended with him being the rock star. <laughs> I think it's the evolution of of music. Yes, yeah. I think oh. it's the evolution of music, but it's also the the uh, influence music has on this one particular family within each generation, and how finally, after you know, it took four generations for one person, even though everyone's been involved in music, 
the fourth, you know, the fourth generation finally made it. They finally right. made it. Did he make it? It's like the and dreams of the father. Yeah. Right, yeah. Very yeah. much so. That is very much the story. Yes, because you got, you. like you said, you got the immigrant. You got Zalmi that, that came over from Russia, like, in what, 1912 or something? Yeah, somewhere like very early. Well, and he gets, I mean, like, hooked up in the old vaudeville. Yeah. It, you know, I mean, they couldn't tell, but, like, the, the reason why the other, I mean, I think that the other uh, generations did make it to an extent, but. Also, there's new influences in music coming up, and so like everything has to have its time. And as like one one you know musical scene was ending, that character was done, and then they were moving on. But when once you got to the '80s, it's like, well, this came out in '81, so nobody knows where it was going. You know, now it would be like, well, and then the '90s and the rap came in, and the pop and. You know, it would be a different story. Well, oh, th- 90s. well I think what made what made Pete <laughs> at the end was kind of the experience of his genera- you know, of his family line, right? It's like that kind of like what would you call it? I'm not gonna say that hard work and blah 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 blah, but Well, it was kinda cool because, you know, the, the kid that finally made it, you know, the kid from the fourth generation, it was like he was fulfilling the the dreams of what his what would have been his great grandfather would yeah. have done had he not you know got gone shot through. in the throat yeah yeah because none of the other like yeah. his grandfather or father they couldn't like neither one of them could sing they were just musically talented they could play different instruments but yeah I thought that was cool. Well, I like how the second generation guy is not even interested, right? It's like he's, kind of, he's grown up around music. Like, so to him, just any life experience is more interesting than even playing music. Mm-hmm. You know? He'd rather fucking join the army or rather, you know. Yeah, because that guy's already rich, right? I mean, his father, the first yeah. guy that we was all me, has partnered up with the mob at this yeah. point. Yeah. And so, you know. Oh, it's- is he that why he went to the mob? No, he was rich with music. <clears throat> he, he was, but he moves uh, into that, that and money. like when he moves <laughs> into the, the he marries the mobster's daughter or whatever, moves into that gigantic palace. So it's not like that he needs to weird. make it. With that was a music, weird you know? part of that movie. No, I was like, it was like a Godfather. That's because you need more foot thing. soldiers. So yeah. that's why you got to have kids. Because you got to expand have, the family. Yeah, you got to have people out expand the, the empire. Yeah, is that why? Is that why he ended up going to prison? The, well, the first generation. Yeah, I think I don't know. Zalmi? Yeah, Zalmi. They don't necessarily say why he went. I thought prison. I missed something. They said, yeah, it was well, it was mob dealings. Dialogue. That's yeah. the funny thing about this movie, man. It's like this. Every thirty seconds is another like five to ten years. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it if, goes you're done, quick. if you like leave the room or well, <laughs> go to the bathroom, you'll I... be like, "What happened? That guy's grown up now." Or yeah, like, yeah. what? Quite quick. I thought I missed something. That's why I wanted to ask if if they actually disclosed that everything. Well, no, he went... says something like, "I sit down. I want him to see what a real man acts like." Yeah, and says something about how. He went. He took the fall for something. He went to jail. He took the fall for some mob action, and he stayed there because they told him, "We'll come for you. We'll be there soon." And then oh, we'll, we'll be there get you few, out. Take we'll the get fall. You out. We'll get you out. We'll get, be there in a few weeks. First, and it's they been told eight me. Years. Yeah, first they. Eight years is a long well, I time. Wondered, a yeah, long also, time. it was kind of implied that and he uh, got to say that Zalmi had done something, you know, to get his hands dirty because he I'm sure he has. He's talking to what's the guy who brought him? Not brought him over, but nope. the. Uh, fuck. 
the guy who works the flapper joints. Yeah, Louis, right? Louis, yeah. Louis is like the guy that kind takes of him in after, his, yeah, yeah, after yeah. his mom gets blown but up. There's like a really cool like camaraderie. I like that line. Yeah, he like, says hey. about like, hey, the kid's nothing to me. I'm nothing to him. It's more than I got elsewhere. You know, it's a little. <laughs> but isn't there a scene? Uh, like in the what we so were saying, like the forties. This is after the the montage okay. of the the Tommy gun, right? Yeah. Uh, when the prohibitions actually happen, well, he says reason. something to Louis about. Zombie says something to Louis about like it's a bloody business, you know, Louis, and like yeah. I can't remember. So that was like is I've never he, seen so much blood. He goes, he yeah, goes, he yeah. goes, he goes. Like is he? He goes people? the booze. I understand. He needs the booze for the club. But why is he cutting out the middle man? Jesus, he's, he's cutting, cutting the, the middle, middle out of the middle, middle man. man. I've never seen so much blood in all my life. Oh, there you go. I don't like this. So you're thinking that, that <laughs> Zalmi is not firsthand involved in, like, murdering. But he's I think kinda, he gets there. He's kind of, he's around it for sure. Yeah. Because I think they imply, I, it's hard to tell, but in the movie when you're seeing the montage of the dudes with the Tommy guns, you see Zalmi's eyes with the window rolled down. And he's looking. Mm. So I don't know. If, he's I definitely mean, in the light. He's in Those the car. Involved, right? like, he's definitely in the light because he, well, he gets his wife, you know, to get he's, his wife, to make his wife like a big singer. Yeah. To get into all the clubs and all the speakeasies. Yeah. That's he's, what I like about this movie. Uh, like, like you said, it's all in the dialogue, right? Like, Louis just says something about, like, Really good the dude says something about how uh, I just seen the most beautiful woman I ever saw, or I just seen something beautiful. And he's like, what, some uh, pre-prohibition booze? Yeah. <laughs> and then in the next scene, they talk about like, you know, who wants to, who wants to, you know, who wants to see a comedian? You know, you got one eye cocked for the cops, and so you know we've already, right. you mm-hmm. know, transgressed into the prohibition era, and mm-hmm. it's kind of funny how it's like. They are. They almost are like snippets left out. Really big chunks left out. But the characters say enough. If you really pay attention, right. they say enough to really fill in yeah. where they are at the time. Where and it doesn't feel like just exposition, exposition, no. exposition. It gives you where they are, what's going on, the relationships, how they how they've advanced through yeah. the years. Like you get a lot from that. Like you said, if you, you do get listen, a lot. you get a lot. It's good. Well, I noticed too that like uh, the the each of the segments it seemed would. Build toward you know each of the segments containing like one of the guys. What do we say? Four guys. One of the guys. One of the guys. Four guys. We got Zombie, Benny, Benny, uh, uh, Tony, and then Pete. 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 So each one of them seems to. It's not like a climax to their story, but there's a moment where there is some type of large musical number intercut with uh, violence. Zalmi's story, it's like some kind of Gershwin tune is going. I can't remember because the dancers, there's like everybody's dancing, and intercut with that is like the mob going in and like, yeah, it's like the, the big band, dance. it's a swing and everything. Yeah, and then Benny, it's uh, it's World War II, and yes. there's like just people being fucking blown up and yeah. shot to hell, like on the battlefield of World War II. It's like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or is he German? I'm not sure. Because uh, he has that, you know... If, he's Russian, right? Is he Russian? Bakshi? I don't know. Oh, Bakshi. The director of this movie. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I don't know. I don't know if that seems Polish. But I don't know. And he did sure. Wizards, too. He did so, what? So Wizards Jewish. also. Yeah. yeah. 
He always has, he has a couple of Jewish things in there where there's that priest that had to finish there, that whatever you call it. Yeah, the rabbi had to finish the prayer mm-hmm. before everything got shot up in that. And then there was a scene in Wizards once, or in Wizards, where these Jews had to finish this before they got blown away. I was a couple of priests, and mm-hmm. it was just a strange kind of World War Two. Maybe he's Jewish. Cut. Yeah, maybe. You know, oh, Seinfeld makes Jewish jokes. Uh, Larry David makes these Nazi jokes, you know. Yeah. I mean, is he Jewish or is he German or is... Jewish. I mean, I can kind of, I can kind of get where the jokes are coming from, but that's kind of a heavy joke, you know. If they're well, making German jokes, they're probably Jewish. Yeah, Jerry I mean, Seinfeld or this guy, you know. Is, what I mean, I, you know, I saw it. I don't know, like so many, like it's not like funny jokes and stuff like that. There were a lot of just they always kind bring of that up. You know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, there was like a, a respectfulness thing. for the <laughs> idea. I guess that you know the immigrant, the immigrant kid Zalmi is like a Russian Jew, right? And then he. uh Benny is the product of no. He marries an Italian. The son goes to to war. Yeah, Remember? but but he yeah. has a so the the Tony is like a Jewish Italian kid from New York. Then right by the time we get to generation number three, yeah, I'd yeah. say so. And then Pete finds his way back eventually to you know he's like a Kansas kid, but he yeah. finds his way back to New York to home. There's something else I did. They ever say what happened a, to Pete's mom? No. Uh, Pete's no. the one that you really don't know much about. Yeah. That's like the one story that, uh, oh, the little black haired kid at the end. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like they spend most of their time with Zalmi and Tony, right? Yeah. Is that the impression? Yeah. That yeah. yeah. Benny's yeah. very you're short. You're supposed to get that idea that, right? That, yeah, he dies. Benny. You know, he needs to just get, yeah, yeah. Uh, get the chick pregnant. Yeah. That's his. Yeah. I can't believe he's alive in that movie after hanging out in the streets of New York with this would be junkie that's just, you know, selling his guitar. Oh, or, Pete at the end. I mm. mean, it was just awful. Yeah. And then yeah. he's, what's he doing at the end? He's, you know, throwing out bags as he's going in. Oh, he's turning into a drug song. dealer. Yeah, but actually, but that it's, was, that it's, was it's a thing. means to an end. Yeah, but yeah. I also, this movie, like, seems to trace the uh, the evolution of drugs. In the, in yeah. the 30s, yeah. it's alcohol. Music it eventually goes yeah. to heroin, heroin and then to cocaine. And then yeah. you <laughs> see all they that. No, well, pot's been around forever. Well, they they touch on pot a little bit in the fifties, I guess, but it doesn't it's, seem to be like yeah. as big of a like you know. It's not the heroin. Yeah. No, there's a really weird scene like the in the, uh, in the, the sixties where the chick's like, "Hey, Tony, we got any more of this?" And yeah. she's like holding a pipe. It's like, what the fuck, man? You're that hard up for weed? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And it's the gateway to her to then eventually goes to heroin, which well, destroys her. Both very her first scene, Tony. she's wearing the bell on her. Necklace. Her necklace is her arm bow. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you see so, it around her arm when they're sure. carrying her out. Into heroin. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, that guy Tony is the most interesting, right? Because he really doesn't have any musical ability. That's what I'm saying. This is almost about how. But he can write. It's almost like it's write. almost like none of them could have made it without the experiences of Each the other, other generations, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, so Tony isn't musically inclined at all, right? But he's a very fucking trippy kid in the seventies, you know, <laughs> like well, listening to fucking crazy ass. Uh, yeah, the beatniks. Beat like yeah, yeah, the spoken poetry. Yeah, it's like that's actually jazz. talking to him. Yeah, well, every time he talks, I mean, but that's what's cool yeah, about the character. Weird. When he talks, he talks in this. It's not flowery language, but it's like no. you know. 
He's got Keep you know cold pop cold yeah. crack and jacks. Where it's like, oh, that guy can the write prize music. In my well, box. of course, you know, <laughs> he's a lyricist. He's the guy who's the poet. You know, he's walking yeah. around. Should he... we break down the the talents of each generation? We can. What? Is that prudent? The the talents of each generation, like, like what, which each generation has to offer as far as their musical talents. Well, Zalmi has. Uh, Zalmi's a singer. He would have been a singer. Yeah, he would have been a, of a singer. singer. But he loses that ability in World War One. But he knows how to perform, he's just so that's the how he's able. Guy, right? he is yeah, the he's almost like yeah. a producer. Yeah, right? so he knows. He could have been good. He would have known how to perform, but he lost that ability. So that's how he was able to coach his wife. Yeah, and taught it to, to his sell kid. It. Basically, made yeah, his, made his kid almost like what he couldn't do. He was able to teach his wife and his child to do. And then. Yeah, because Benny's like a genius pianist. He's a yeah. genius like just, pianist. That he has just a, doesn't care. I mean, he's just got it in the blood, yeah, right? A genius <laughs> pianist that just doesn't care. Genius pianist. Genius pianist. That's my movie. Ah, genius pianist. The genius pianist. But while he's overseas, he learns to play the harmonica because he can't play the piano. I get the impression he can't fit he a piano yeah, on a foxhole. Yeah, well, he's got that cool. He's almost like Elvis, right? He's he just making like an Elvis. He's too cool. Yeah. He's drawn almost like Elvis. Yeah, I thought he was drawn like Stallone. Yeah, okay, yeah. 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 yeah, I can hey, see yeah. Stallone. Doing like a little bit of the Rocky and yeah. the droopy eye. and the, uh. He does have the coolest death scene, though, where he finds the piano yeah. and starts yeah. playing, and then the uh, German guy sneaks out. And when he sees, I think that's an awesome idea. That seeing a German dude, all I can think to do is play a German song that, like, Puts him in a, a music trance in a weird way, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it, it humanizes those two guys. Like, right then, it's like you got the one guy who's so weird, he wants to be, you know, lives in music in his head, finds a piano, and it's like you're sitting there going, like, you're going through, like, this enemy village and wherever the hell they are, France or yeah. Germany or wherever, yeah. and he's like, he just kind of like, there's a piano. It goes over and starts playing. And it's like, you're making, like, a fuckload of noise. Your company just moved up the road. <laughs> you know, but it's the idea that, like, the the music talks so much to this you guy. Think that, like, until he played a German song for the German, and the German applauded him, and then killed him immediately after Dunk that. Up. But the German, it's like he get, he's like wounded or something. It's been hiding out here, and you see him stagger out, and he's like going to kill the guy playing the piano. Until, I think until he played the German song. Yeah, but I, well, he, I, he soothed him well, until just for he, a and then he was like Danka. And then yeah, yeah, yeah. shot his ass. It gave him a little bit of it gave him a so little touch of humanity, did. I think, right? Yeah. To, to his oh, soul. Yeah. It was like here on this battlefield, there's this guy playing and he's actually gonna play the German I'm I assume national anthem. Don't know. Uh, <laughs> don't know. <laughs> Some kind of German. But it entity. connects them in a way. Yeah. And then he's like, thank you. And then it's like, well, you know, these guys are still well, just as as combatants, you know, the still idea of like them. being out in war for like months and months, yeah. if not years. And then, like, hearing music, you know. The German soldier knows- seems very distraught. And, like, I don't know if he's injured or not, but he seems, seems like, like he, is. he is, like, you know, just like he's done with war. You know, he's, like, that panic mode. And, like, there, there is that moment of calming, but he's still, you know, he's still going to shoot him because he's the sure. enemy. Like, yeah, there's, like enemy. But, yeah. there, there is that moment of, like, like uh, they, Ryan that, yeah, yeah, it's right. a lot like that. He's done. It's he's like, this is it, man. You're getting killed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is yeah. this, this is, is war, brother. Yeah. It's, sorry, and it's I, that's a very war, stressful man. scene, right? But the very the, the difference movie. is that though, Benny knows that though, and he's not. I mean, he's not going to fight against it. 
He's like ready to die. He's yeah, ready. He he's stops, in. Yeah, right? he's done. He doesn't yeah. even try to. Yeah, they have that. Well, he's playing piano. Like, that's what makes him happy. It's like, you know, yeah. what better way to go? you think he like, took it for granted then? You think he could have like, you know, should have just made a, a record? I think he should have picked yeah, up. Yeah, Benny, it is important. Yeah, I don't know. Like, what it was would a have cartoon, happened? right? Yeah. He should have yeah. struck him. <laughs> if he might have been. to the nearest there. phone booth. Uh, you know, the it's not the Wiley Coyote. <laughs> well, I mean, the idea that... No, I forgot my train of thought. It was something about that. that uh, shit. Pianos, Germany. Yeah. Jews. Yep. Juice. Juice. The right. juice. Giving up. I'm giving up. All right, moving on. To, so we wait, go to Tony, right? To Tony. Up. Yeah, so we find out he's a uh, real just weirdo mind. Kind of... Well, he lost his father. He never knew his dad. And he's a product of his time too, right? I mean, he's a rebel. He is. I love. I love the whole. He's gonna take off the fucking hate Ashbury. What are you watching? The TV. You can watch the TV when it's off. Are those foster (laughs) children? Like what? What? Those kids who were well, they, they I think they, well, they're kids from his the mom. First, the, the previous first scene, Palomo was talking. He's like, you know, I, I, you said you didn't want to marry into the family, like so, so, so Benny's wife remarried some refrigerator guy. Then like the three some, guys, it sounds. Oh, like. okay. Was it three? Which like you want to marry a guy who did this? I let you. You wanted to marry a guy who did this? I let you. I thought he was just kind of like repeat, like kind of reemphasizing. That's why I, I took it, but I, I think oh, she moved on. Now, Papa. Yeah. I think she moved on to a few guys. <laughs> okay. Well, something. But yeah. but the kids. I think the kid. They're they're uh, Tony's siblings. Yes. Okay. They're half. They're half. Yes. That perhaps. I missed that because I thought I was like, okay, because even says later, he's like, now what the fuck? But he's like, what do you care? It's not your father. That's what he says when he slams the door. Yeah, but I like what Brett was talking about. I mean, right there, you see, like, where he's thinking, right? And they say, you know, what are you watching? TV. Oh, well, TV, you can watch whether it's on or off, you know? Yeah. Like, he has a, a specific answer that he wants in mind, right? But yeah. he's he's such a uh, frustrated, rebellious kid that, you know, he fucking starts yelling at him. Well, what are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> like, did you get your quarters, huh? Did the brain fairy give me your quarters list? <laughs> We're yeah. ignoring you, Tony. <laughs> your brains are falling out all over. <laughs> your ears are falling out. Your brains are falling out. Yeah. It's a fucking great scene, man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember from the times I've seen this before, you know, I mean, he's the one that stands out to me, you know, of all the characters that you see in this movie. It, fe- it feels like, in hindsight, that his segment was longer. Than yeah, I think it was. was. Yeah, think it was. he was given the most time. It feels like I don't know. Like, well, Zalmi, you see him from when he's a kid, though. Sure, There's more time spent with him before he actually matures. Yeah. I guess so. I think Zalmi does have at least equal screen time, but it's just it feels like Zalmi is two people: it's the kid and then the adult. Yeah. You know? Well, also because. Yeah. Basically, uh, Tony is two people. Pete is mostly Tony's story, right? Because, I mean, right, yeah, Pete really great. doesn't have a story. Yeah. His story is with Tony. You know, you, you know, Tony goes to California like everybody else in the world. I like how he, uh, they actually use some archival footage of, like, train riders that they animated over. Mm-hmm. Like, you can find that footage, you know. Uh... And he meets basically uh, Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> it's basically Jefferson Airplane. Yeah. This kind of 
you know, and they need somebody to write their songs, but otherwise they're like a functioning, somewhat functioning band, right? They're aware that like their moment has landed on them. And it's like, we got to seize this moment. This is At the least time Frankie is. to be, yeah, the lead singer. Who's like a kind of a, I mean, it, I saw her more as like a Janis Joplin, but you think like a Grace, Grace Slick? Well, you know what I mean. They're, yeah. kind, of, they're kind of an amalgamation. Yeah. You know, the 60s band. Yeah, you yeah, got yeah, a black yeah. dude that looks kind of like Jimi Hendrix, even though Jimi even Hendrix, Hendrix like shows up yeah. later, even though this guy's <laughs> kind of designed to look like him. Yeah. That yeah. guy was Jimi Hendrix. No. Not the guy in the band. No, the guy that was Jimmy Hennings. Well, yeah, yeah, the guy that was, they went on yes, after. Yes, yes, yeah. he was. <laughs> I agree. Whether or not that was Rotoscope Jimmy Hendrix, I don't know. That if that, so, if that was true. Did we talk about Tony meeting the blonde chick in Kansas? No. no Kansas. When he, uh, when he, when he's traveling across. That's what I like, like Tony represents <laughs> I think that, it's right? time the idea that. To go along. Yeah, he's got that one hand motion. <laughs> yeah. That, like. When he's fucking done with anything, <laughs> fucking uh, waves it off. That group he is with, uh, it's man, like, he had well, to get Kansas, I got a mortgage, I got payments I gotta make. Yeah, dude, that scene always, well, we watched this on DVD, and that always makes me sad, because when he when he actually yells off screen to, hey, where are we? There's supposed to be a dude walking the cow that turns back and says, Kansas. Right, how do you know that? Well, because I've fucking seen this movie on VHS. Like, dozens of times. What? VHS. Is it shot missing? What? It's different. There's a shot missing. Oh. oh shit. Yeah. What's VHS? You're supposed to, it's a, what is it? Video home system? Like, I don't know. Video high cassette? No, Shoot, system. Hi, 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 video hi fi system. Video hi fi system? Anyway. I don't remember. Hi fidelity? It was not have been so long. Yeah. I don't know. Wow. You know, in so, 1978, a VHS player was $795. Yeah. <laughs> VHS player, $795. Makes sense. 19. All right, but there was supposed to be. So, so in the VHS a, version, there's a shot. There's a guy walking a cow along the road that yells back, Kansas. Oh, wow. And then it goes back to him, but I don't know what happened to it. Hmm. Something happened to yeah. it. Shot. Hmm. It's always made me, I don't know why that irks me. <laughs> Kansas. Yeah, it's... Isn't there a level in Diablo where Some... you fight a bunch of cows, too? Mm-hmm. I've never played There's Diablo. a cow level. <laughs> but, well... Like this movie might have been better on VHS, Colin. Uh-oh. Yeah, Uh-oh. Yeah, Colin, let's Come off. Now you're blessing the Blu-ray. I'm better at it. <laughs> See, they're just they're poking the bear at this point because, listener, you and I both know that uh, VHS is an inferior format that deserved to die. If I wanted that cow, scumbags are keeping that thing down. alive. Well, at I least it would have had all the scenes of the movie. It was originally I'm just intended for that one scene. For that one, I mean, VHS. scene. I mean, who knows? Who knows what else? Yeah, I don't. There could have been more. For all I know, frames. I don't know. <laughs> fifteen frames, but I remember. Damn, I was like, "What the fuck's the cow?" Supposed to see that guy. Right. Now, so we can get that version scenes, all cleaned up on Blu-ray, courtesy of Columbia Pictures. Can we take oh, out a letter-writing campaign? Where's the cow? Yeah. <laughs> like hashtag? Where's the cow? <laughs> the where? Yeah, the yeah, hashtag. Where's the cow? It's on VHS. I like it. It's on VHS. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably means it's on 35 millimeter. They just need well, to go well, back nowadays. to the original source no, print. You need to just stop being so pretentious, Colin. <laughs> So, okay, what the fuck happened? So he meets Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> well, he meets the blonde girl. I think we were at the blonde girl. <laughs> like, he meets the blonde girl in Kansas. Yeah, he meets the blonde girl in Kansas working at a diner. Uh, Washing has, dishes. Has, has a hot night with her. 
It does. Then this is your last this night. Like this this is your last night it's, for it's basically it's very similar to how his grandfather meets his his woman, his wife, his future wife. It's just he's a just like I want that babe, and then they, you know. I like how he says that. When, like <laughs> she's like, "Is this your only night in Kansas?" And he's like, "Yep." It's like, well, well this is the prelude to Forrest Gump. <laughs> this, this, no. you know, I, I, at one point I was thinking the music. I was thinking Forrest Gump from the music, definitely. The music like, is like the idea, like, Gump. like the yeah. music is the timeline of American history. Um, but no, like that's you know that's such a good line, like for a. A dude, I guess. Or even the girl, Poor too. Dude. Poor yeah, dude. she says it. She's because like, so this is your only night in Kansas. Well, well he's man. like popping off all this fucking smooth-ass, like, <laughs> yeah. like you said, his it's crazy smooth. poetry oh, talk. His whole, oh, dude, he's like, is everything up to date here? Is Kansas corny? Are you corny? Do you believe in love? <laughs> you know, it's just like, dude, this guy is fucking like... Deep. Yeah. Yeah, he's deep. <laughs> yeah. He's a dishwasher. He's a, I am a dishwasher. They're the deepest, man. <laughs> My hands is poignantly bucking. You want some knowledge? Talk to a dishwasher. <laughs> she's like, this is your only, this is going to be your only memory this of Kansas. Kansas. Yeah. yeah. You have to do it. That's pretty heavy for a one day kind of thing in that movie. Hey, man. Like he showed up, his head dishwasher, and all went his way. <laughs> <laughs> It was they it, wandered off into the field. It was the summer of love, I'm literally. Yeah, there. yeah, that should happen. It man. was right before fucking. How many everybody... people do you know that were products of that? Hired on that quickly. <laughs> hey man, the dishes are dirty now. Yeah, somebody's got to wash them. The fifties or the sixties were awesome. Yeah. You could just go from town to town in a stolen car <laughs> with a bunch chicks. of people, banging chicks, awesome people. Oh, oh boy, we were watching the night and get paid cash same day. Right, <laughs> that's what it was. He's like, I'll wash dishes for a night. Get some cash and move on. Yeah, move on. Bang this chick. Get out of here. That's what happens. There you go. Man. Well, he wanted her to come with. How many stories, how many relatives of ours is that their story? I was in Kansas. I banged a chick. To be fair, he wanted her to come with. Bada bing, bada boom. See, he also had that awesome, that awesome bada line bada about bada the stars bada. that go on to California. I mean, the guy had lines, dude. He did. Yep. He's, <laughs> he's a poet. He's a poet. Regular Bill Shakespeare. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, you know... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. whatever. What were you going to say? Well, just <laughs> whatever, get beyond, like, the plot of the movie. I mean, just the idea that, like, you know, when you're watching this movie, it's like, this is, like, this is, like, well, I would say heavy drama. But it's a dramatic movie that you generally don't associate with, like, the animated form, right? Definitely. And this type mm. of animation, then, is kind of, like, left these shores, right? I mean... Nobody does anything like this here anymore, right? Adult animation, yeah. in a way. I mean, this like, is like a theatrical release, right? Suspect. It is. Su- subject. I mean, I mean the Japanese do now, suspect. right? What's that? Well, like adult, adult. movies that are uh, yeah, like dramas. <laughs> They're dramas that are, you know, like an- that are drawn. Yeah, like we- dramas. Yeah, oh, for sure. In Japan, they got... What do they call it when it's of, like... Um, Jerry dancing with Gene Kelly or, uh, you know, That's Roger Rabbit. What, something else. What's that what animation? Oh, when you, like, when, when you, it's a, like, a real life guy next to the animated oh, It's like a, com- just a composite, right? It's yeah, live action animation. Composite animation. Animation in the live action. We should reshoot this movie. Well, <laughs> I mean, compositing live actors and animation is pretty much all we do in our movies now, right? 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 Yeah, pretty much. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. He's right. Yeah. Is Jerry still 
<laughs> we can resurrect him, I'm sure, through animation. Can we Magic watch Re Animator and then do that? So have you guys done Re Animator? Yes, we have. Sorry. Take that man's mic away. That man is drunk. All right, so yeah. So where are we on uh, I don't know. Okay, so he he met the broad the in broad. Kansas. Broad. The broad. And well, then he goes all the way to Cali. Meets uh, Jefferson Airplane. Starts writing Airplane. lyrics for him. Yeah. Falls off gets, the stage gets in, on an gets acid into the trip. Whole dry, hey man, there's something. There's something in this man. No, no, there's something. No, in it's it. good. Yeah. Man, it's all right. A little water, no. a little sugar, <laughs> a little red number two. No. <laughs> nah, man, there's something in it. It does drink it. That's like it. Every single drug that like has come to these shores. Like, Drugs and music, like, man. You gotta. <laughs> you can't have one without. Yeah, you really exactly. can't. You gotta. It's about getting into a different mindset than listening. You go try and make some music right now. Well, it's just. It's drugs. also. Do it. Do it. Uh, you know, it's like is the position of the the guy who made the. I mean, like, there's a lot of like uh, emotional pain in this movie, right? Mm, every yes. single one of these characters, with the exception possibly of Benny. That's why he dies, right? Because he's the only one who doesn't well, suffer his yeah. mom for his got art. blown up. That's true. Yeah, it doesn't seem to bother him much. Stella, don't touch the box! Stella! You got me pretzels. Yeah, that was a good scene, dude. It was good. You think, I liked it. You like, think she this got is. Pretzels. <laughs> 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 I yeah, did. I knew. Didn't even, no, we're, all, we're all just like, oh, it's he not going to be good. Like, flinch. Don't he touch just the box. Don't touch the box. Stopped and this is good, good, good story, again. this movie. It's oh, a good yeah, progression. Yeah. I mean, I'm associating, like, it feels Godfather ish to me. That's what, that's, what that's, the feeling, that's, like, that's the feeling. That's the feeling I get. This is the Godfather of it cartoons. Is. It is. It, 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 I mean, maybe that's laying too much on it, but it, it really feels like it. It's got that feeling to it. Yeah. Sure. And I like what that part. What was his entity at the end before he, you know, the blonde haired kid turned into the punk rock rock star? What was David Bowie. You know, the dad Tony? that wandered off oh, Tony? the guitar. Tony. Tony. I mean, was Don't he sell it all that great place. of an artist? I mean, they were always trying to get him to write a song. Why aren't you writing our songs? Why aren't you doing this? But he was such a disaster, a mess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, but how many Fuck people like the, doing that shit in that age were you know disasters? He I mean, he he doesn't need over every minute he had, and he's taking on this kid yeah. in New York. And, hey, he and didn't want to. The kid followed him. Songs. But at one point he says, like, I don't need money. Don't you know I don't need money? All I need is love. It's like, but they still live dirt poor. He's not making anything off of the music that he's written. I no, but why did they have him still doing it? I mean, was he creative? I couldn't believe he well, could be being so fucked up all the time. You know what I mean? Well, it's probably like the, you know how, uh, uh, damn it. Elton John has that, his lyricist throughout his entire career. You know, I bet that guy can, you know, I'm sure. Not to say that if it wasn't for Elton John, he couldn't do anything. Sure. But, you know. But, I mean, one needs to, I mean, she says it. It's not like, don't you know I'm nothing without you? Like, this is that combination. Yeah, she's nothing. Yeah, he's don't a good like, He's a good songwriter. Yeah, right. They're singing fucking, whatever, Ride My Beautiful Balloon or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I've always hated that song. Yeah, out of the 60s. Out of the 60s. Yeah, we even got like some Sinatra or something in there, right? In the in the fifties, no one kind of Benny, like it. right? Yeah, there's a lot of George Gershwin. Yeah, you hit a lot. some Cole Porter. You're in New York, right? Yeah, I suppose, right? But I mean, like that guy just is like the old old timey American songbook, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and then yeah. you know it moves into who's a guy, um, uh, Blue a Moon guy, Bobby Darren? No, what's his name? Is it Bobby? Who sings Blue Moon? Fuck. 
Bobby Darren didn't do Beyond the Sea, isn't that? Bobby Darren? Right, wrong guy. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah. I mean, it works in like a lot of uh, you know that. Uh, well, I guess that's obvious music at the time, but I mean, yeah, yeah it uh, it's a uh, significant. And then heroin, heroin always has to take over. It always does the, it. It's the sixties, damn it, or the seventies. Yeah, that's what it is. It's, no, the, it's 80s, the post nineties. It's the post Woodstock thing, right? When Hate Ashbury turned into this nasty fucking, you know, it turned you really saw for the. Uh, bum-ridden place it was and how, like, the hippie haven. Yeah. And, I mean, just that one You see the, all the people that died when, of heroin. Uh, when, uh, on Tony's ground. on the phone yeah, talking about, like... Yeah. Like, yeah, I know, they're doing good. You got any smack? <laughs> you got any dope? You got any dope? Yeah, I'm hurt bad. real bad. Pretty yeah. bad pain. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's like, holy fuck, dude, that's rough. Would this movie, would it have been any better... If it would have actually been a live action movie, I would watch. I would like to see it live action. Like, it's a good enough. It's like it's a good I, story. I like live it. action would be good too. It, it, it would be do that so long. Live action. You yeah. Know what I mean? No, but yeah. that's the thing. Like the. I don't know if that like it feels like the production value wouldn't be as good. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm sure you could make it as good if it was. If you had okay, sure, yeah. yeah. You could make it as good, but the transitioning. You could do those like five year edits though. That's the in thing. A live action though. That's like, the I don't thing. Know. Where I, the I think animation that would be hard. Yeah, the animation makes can, it really easy to just. They do in a few scenes no, where they do the audio, the audio progression for over the years. Like yeah. I've seen that done in movies too. Fincher's done it before, yeah. where you just hear the audio over yeah, the years. Yeah, like famous sound clips. Yes, yeah, famous sound clips that lead you, That's you know, that past time and everything. Really? But I think the animation lends itself to you know um, the passing of time. I think that works better in the animation. I'm sure you could do it in film. I'm sure it's been done. It has, but it works. I'm racking my brain right now. I've seen something yeah, Forrest recently. Gump. Forrest like, fucking Gump. <laughs> Dave is yelling for I mean, Gump. there's something recently where they just kind of take, uh, like, you know, from scene to scene, like, time will pass, and they don't tell you. Mm. You just kind of, I can't remember what fucking movie this is, and I just saw it, like, within the last year. I remember remarking on that specific thing that was like, Jesus, it would go from, like, you know, one time period, and then boom. You were three months later in the next scene, and they didn't give you any kind of warning, whatever. So I mean, girl, you can do girl that interrupted kind of stuff. does that a lot. Zodiac she has that a lot. Flashbacks yeah. well, there, there all the time. Bicentennial <laughs> Man is this movie? Am I right? Bicentennial. It's a well, it's one guy though. who goes through the generations. Not all Bicentennial Man was pretty gradual. It didn't seem like. Like I said, this liter- this movie is almost literally every thirty seconds. You're you're zipping along five yeah. years, five ten years. Well, see, fast. I think I think it would I would be interested in seeing it in live action, but I feel like it would be twice as long. Like with live action with real actors, I feel like they'd have to spend more time with those scenes. They couldn't pull it off in just thirty seconds or something. Could it? Yeah, well, well, no but they way. did. But they did. Yeah, they did. Well, they did. But I I don't know. But if maybe they could we do wouldn't it. buy it. I don't, maybe not. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I don't think you would. If it was real actors, I think they would have to spend more time on it. Because being animation, that's why we're able to have those transitions being just these kind of like small little picture boxes of randomly changing Mm -hmm. pictures and with some classy music. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you could do that. Mm. Anyone see the uh, Oliver Stone? The illustrious, yeah. The illustrious Pipe Williams, uh, music video director, did a Kanye West video called, is it Heartless? What is this? Heartless. 
It's uh, <laughs> it's an homage to American Pop. He did, Is it? yeah. He, like, oh, I've, yeah, I've seen it. Kanye. He wrote a scope Kanye in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think some of the backgrounds because I was looking at this, I'm like, you know, I, it's not when he's going. They're not in Vegas. Where are they? Like Atlantic City or something. Wherever they're yeah. at, where it's like all neon, you know, Crazy. backgrounds I'm like that. I think it's from that video. I just oh. want to point out that Colin just referenced Kanye West. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's I'm plugged first, in. What are you talking about? Yeah. No, Colin yeah, referenced okay, Kanye West, not, and everyone was like, I'm plugged in. "What?" <laughs> that officially eliminates you. Not why? You. What? We oh, didn't know. Yeah, I know you're you aware of it. I just didn't you know that you would ever actually above. do it. <laughs> so. Boom. So, <laughs> Knowledge drop. I mean, this is where the movie does, like, uh, just to get to the point, I guess, like, s- kind of stretch it where mm. he's, like, in a heroin, like, spiral in Kansas with the band. Yep, he goes and, back and to he Kansas. he does wander into a cornfield. And his son is there, you know, like, yeah. somehow his son is it's there. there. And, like, because his son's in Kansas. His son's in Kansas. Kansas. But like, my dad was some sort but of mystery. there's like a whole like missing thing. Like, did the kid know I don't that think Tony so. was his dad? I mean, he had to have. That's why he went with him. Something I, had to clue him off and why. Yeah. I think he told know. him. I yeah. think he told him. Well, they both well, have that. They don't but show it. There's yeah. a part where the mom nice. informs the kid of something. Where something it is identifiable somewhere. that he is his dad. And you don't know because it's, as soon as they're... Because, yeah, like you said, he, like, leaves the show and you got some fucking Janis Joplin doing Summertime <laughs> as he, like, screams and feels right. and, and remembers the love lost. The pain. The pain of the right. drugs and the memories makes yeah, him scream in Cornfield. going on in this movie. The shrimp. 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 And then Pete's you know, just a really nice segue. <laughs> so then Pete's just like with him from that point on, right? So you don't know. Yeah. But there's that. The, yeah. I, I love that night. There's a nice scene where he's like, "Why do you think I'm doing it?" Like he yeah. says something. Oh, you know, the, to his son. Uh, yeah, why'd you come with me? Yeah. Why'd you help why do you think? think? Like they why know. Think? Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, yeah. by that the point, they, yeah. But by that point, they know that they're father and son. Yeah. Yes. But that point, that that moment's kind of cool because it's like they're both saying that they love each other, but they can't Without actually like th- those people are so. Uh, what would you say? What do you mean those people? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, no. thought, immigrants. But, Tony, Tony, and Pete. Those 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 two people. Yes, are so like walled off that like, yeah. they can't even admit it. And then I think at that yeah, moment so they're very emotionally because, isolated. Because at that Tony point. didn't have a father. <laughs> so how well, can he be a father to Pete? Yeah, but he has yeah. been for like a couple. Of, well, I guess he has uh, never no, seen it that he, way. They're he, just traveling. The kid just right? fucking follows him basically, yeah. and like I like the switchblade moment. Where wasn't it fun? Yeah, like sleeping like, in the. Uh, isn't that uh, weird? Yeah, they'll yeah, just like yeah. go to sleep whenever it's late. Let's let's pull over to this pig farm. <laughs> they were under the docks <laughs> or something. They're just like. Tsh. Yeah, it was in New York somewhere under a bridge. Right? Yeah, it felt like it was under a bridge. No, yeah, it was, some guy it was like comes a pig up farm, and he was like sleeping in the. I thought like, that was fucking like the Golden Gate. That's why the like farmer, the farmer comes up. Really? Uh, no, yeah. I felt like they were under a bridge. I'll have to look at that. Yeah, I thought it was a bridge. It felt yeah, like it was weird. under a bridge. That'd be crazy. I've seen this you don't have hobos <laughs> on a pig farm. You nah, it's under a bridge. Well, yeah. New York, there's country in New York. <laughs> there's, there, you know. there's pigs in New York. There's pigs you know, in New York, you right? You pick up heroin all over the place. That's oh, true. <laughs> oh, sorry. All right, so. Well, that was uh, sad, right? When he asked, when he gave him the goodbye, the, the wave. Like, 
Yeah, you know, yeah, like, and he, does, without, he doesn't say anything about it. He just does, does that. Just, just, walking just does away. the wave that he's been doing the whole movie or whatever when he's like done with something. Yeah. Hey, don't sell it all in one place. Don't sell it all in one place. Like, hey, you Pete. Yeah, <laughs> gives him a bag full of coke. Yeah, hey, there don't sell it all. Good ball. You say anything else? No. Yeah. Yeah. And that's when fucking Pete turns into rock and roll. The embodiment of rock and roll. Of of fucking. Yeah, he becomes pure rock and roll. Motor City fucking. (laughs) I thought it was kind of cool because, you know, he grew up, he hated that, you know, his, his, I guess Tony would have been his father figure, right? It was, I know it was his dad, but, okay. My dad. But, um,. You know, he watched that side of the spectrum, watched his dad spiral out of control on heroin, and then he realized how much money his dad would spend on drugs. And so then he was took smart it. about it. Yeah, and he, took I it believe from, this kid never did a drug in his life. Yeah, he didn't want to be on that side, so he flipped it. He did. Exactly. He didn't. Smart kid. Mm-hmm. He's like, but people fucking buy it. I don't want to be so candy to man no more. Side. Of the coin. And that's like, like, I love when he's walking down the street and he hears the uh, the rabbi guy singing. And then he right. kind of like does his little like jig thing, you know? So he's like this, he's like a worldly dude that like he understands all his, all the generational things. Right. Well, See, but that's because that's his know. lineage though. Yeah, but yeah. like when I was Jewish. watching that, I'm like, does this guy even know like, you know, where he comes from? I mean, he guess he does because Tony tells him his father was, you know, this genius. He's supposed to be this genius, but he doesn't really tell him that much. I took this, you know, right or wrong, that, like, as he was walking wrong. by the, the rabbi, that was, like, showing that the the, the music, yeah, the, the genetic, but whatever, the genetic appreciation. But the I music. think it's also, like, the, it natural, the natural inclination towards that. Yeah. Kind of also plays a factor, but yes, the fact that, that everything is filtered down into Pete, where, like, he sees, it's almost like he sees the music in everything at that it's, point. It seems like he's like so he, in tune with it. Yeah, like well, he's got he it all at that moves, point. I guess he does. Mu- like all of his right. stuff is. Well, like, he yeah. embodies all four, like all yeah, of his yeah, forefathers' talents. Yeah, he, he embodies all, all of them. He's got the showbiz. He's got the he's got the the musical talent, like his grandfather, and then he's got his father's ability to write he's and embody it in yeah. into you know a piece mm-hmm. to compose, if mm-hmm. you will. With the coolest Pat Benatar song ever, exactly. Hell is for children. That's a cool Pat Benatar song. You want to say that? Hell is for children. And the movie leaves us with Freebird, for God's sake. So, I mean, you got got to give it uh, some props right there for for leaving off. What's a very. This was actually the first time I ever heard Night Moves. What? Yeah. Oh, what? You, you say it the first time you said no, Not tonight. Yeah. The first time you watched <laughs> it. Tonight. The first time I seen this movie was the first time I heard that song. Though. Really? Yeah. Well, so you always, well, fuck, every time. Because I've seen this movie. Who picked this every, movie? Me. Travis said. How many times have you seen it? Oh, shit. Thousands. A lot. You didn't know that was Bump Singer? No, I knew. I didn't say that. I, I just said the first, first time, time I saw this movie was the first time I heard that song. Oh. Yeah. That was probably... So every time you hear it, you probably think this movie, huh? Well, I do, but I'm always pissed off that it doesn't start with the piano. Oh. Yeah. Because the song starts with oh. the with yeah. an acoustic guitar, where in the movie, 
He starts There's with a piano. piano, and I always think it's, that song sounds better with a piano yeah. because of this fucking movie. Mm, I'll yeah. never have, like, my night moves. <laughs> no, you'll never, yeah, you'll never yeah. hear it like everyone <laughs> else does. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, never the the more, well, I gotta watch the whole fucking I movie. Get, get, get so the I did get the soundtrack, yeah. and, uh, no. No? Oh, really? Oh, oh, dude, you'll be surprised how weak the soundtrack to oh. this is. It's like, with all the fucking That's songs sad. in this movie, this should be, like... I mean, this is like the Forrest Gump soundtrack of, like, you want right. to, like, compare them. That's a good soundtrack. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, they, they went through the years it. and picked the best songs of it to represent yeah, the movie. Yeah. It's, it would have to it be was a soundtrack. But, yeah. Do you really, really dig this movie? Mm-hmm. I fucking dig this movie. Well, wait, really we gotta wait like to the, the wrap-ups oh, to find out, like, what he actually oh, thinks. Speaking of which... Speaking of wrap-ups, we should probably... Okay, so stick with us, listeners. On the other side of Mailbag... We're going to have our final thoughts. We'll go around the <laughs> room and we'll find out what everybody thought of this movie. But before that, we have to summon Igor. Igor, bring us the mail. Masters, masters, the mail. I've got the mail. So many letters. Our followers are rising, rising. Oh, thank you, Igor. Uh, we got a couple comments here from Facebook and from Twitter. On Facebook, commenting on our previous episode uh, a couple back, the Lords of Salem, Jillian Whitney writes in and says, Jenny's recommendation of the Lords of Salem is exactly how I feel about this movie. (laughs) I wouldn't put it on, but if someone asked me if I wanted to watch it, I wouldn't argue. I fell asleep watching it in the theater, which was a first for me. Just watch (laughs) Rosemary's Baby instead. (laughs) So I think Travis and I both get a... Jillian. We both win. (laughs) All right, well, on my team, then I have Alexandria (laughs) May Hedman, who says, I loved it. That's all she needs to say. And Dave Albertson writes in and says, you're gay. Thank you, Lexi. There you go. Wait, what? Did you just write in? Yeah, from the back row, Dave just wrote Dave in. Dave just wrote in to me. You're gay. Live. There you go. Thank you, Dave. I don't right. think you're allowed to do that anymore. I don't think so. Yeah, there you go. So on Twitter. Constructive contribution as always. Thank you, Dave. Yep. On Twitter, we uh, G Money has written in. Oh, he's got a he's got a more uh, credible. Well, it could Dave. be it could be Panda Three underscore JG. G money. G money. Thanks G for money. listening. Uh, he says that he's been. This is more of a, a, a hypothetical thing for all of us. Right. He's been on a sequel binge and has rediscovered not, gems not of his youth, including Hellraiser, Inferno, Psycho Four, Wrong Turn Two. He asks us to rate these and name some. Uh, wait. The one next. Can you repeat Good. the question? Wait, wait, hold on. You guys who are dealing with the bartending thing, you're probably going to have to hear this question. No. Fucking say the name of it. Cinnamon horchata. It's a horchata. It's in there. Trust me. This is fucking crazy. You found it, didn't you? Thank you. Fufu beer. I need to taste pretty. Okay, so are we ready for this? Yes. G Money says he's been on a sequel binge and has rediscovered gems of his youth. Hellraiser Inferno, Psycho 4, Wrong Turn 2. He says rate these and name some. What if we haven't seen them? I would go Psycho 4, Hellraiser, Inferno. Psycho 4 was the beginning, is, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Is he asking us to rate them rate as far as which three, ones are right? better? Hellraiser, Inferno is the one with Craig Sheffer, right? I would assume it's from best yeah. to least. Yeah. 
favorite. Most yes. favorite to least favorite. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, Psycho 4 is number one for me, because I think that was... That's the beginning, right? Yeah, with yeah. Henry Thomas. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. was the better one. I didn't see Wrong Turn 2. Somebody... Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's see. It's Joe I've Lynch. seen that one. Did that one? And were sure. some of our I think so. You know what? Sequels? It is. Joe Lynch did that one. You're yeah. right. It's favorite underrated sequel. Well, Predator 2. <laughs> Throwing that out there. Uh, critters. I think it's Critters 2. Right. <laughs> Uh, uh, I'm going for I'm going for uh, Child's Play three. I'm surprised you didn't say Prom Night two. That's a good one. I haven't seen it in a long ass time. I saw it when I was like twelve. Oh, I don't know. I can't. It's Halloween. T- Halloween two is good, right? Halloween two. That's good. That's good. Oh, he has to add some. That's right. Yeah, he's that's good. Okay. Well, anyway, and he has something Toy else. Story but maybe too. we'll save that for the next episode. <laughs> G Money. But thank you very much. For thank your you, G Money. Contributions. <laughs> To this week's show. Ah, oh, G-Money. Now, final thoughts on American Pop, beginning with Brent and working their way around the room. Brent. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, what can you say that we haven't already covered? <laughs> I think that I think that the peanut gallery is cracking up. But uh, it's, I mean, it's, it's perfect. As far as a... Like, I didn't know what to expect, because I didn't know anything about this movie, American Pop. Um, and, like, I didn't even know it was animated, to tell you the truth, Travis, last <laughs> week when you said you were going to watch it. But uh, watching it tonight, it is. It's one of those films where it's, like, it's all, it's, there's no fat in the film. It's all, the like, the best parts of, like, this generations of the this family. And, uh, it's, you know, it's underscored to really good music that also kind of scores the timeline of each generation that you're dealing with. Um, and I know before we watched it, Travis, you had said, you talked about the dialogue and you were right on, like the dialogue is fantastic. There's nothing boring about this movie. Like I, everything is great. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't, I don't... <laughs> I'm trying to find a fault in it, and I can't really find it. I would like to. I would actually like to see, not that things are the same now, but I would like to see a sequel. You know, like pick up from the '80s and <laughs> move on. But uh, yeah, I mean, I would definitely recommend it to anybody out there that, if you are a fan or if you've ever heard of music, if you like music, Have you heard of? If you're not a robot, I think that you should definitely. Definitely watch it. Travis, you mentioned something earlier. This part of the... Uh, something about a trilogy. Heavy metal. Oh, is it, were I you just, just relating it, movies? I just... I just... To me, I call it part of the uh, 80s like music cartoons when it comes to heavy metal, rock and roll, and American pop. Very are those, like, are music-centric also? cartoons. Yeah. You know? Not that they have anything to do with each other. Or, sure. But... Where music seems to be the main uh, uh, focus of the uh, I, I kind of agree with Brent. I would like to see a progression on this. Like they stopped in, I mean, they stopped in the seventies, eighties. I mean, to see it go on from there would be interesting as well. Um, I thought this was a really good movie. Like I, I had a, a good time watching it. Um, it's a very musical movie. Even the dialogue in this movie is musical, as far as I'm concerned. Like. Um, Really good and really good story. Definitely recommend it. I had a really good time watching this. 
Uh, yes. Um, when I heard we were going to be watching American Pop, um, oh, I didn't know what to expect, honestly. I was a little scared. But, um, no, I really enjoyed this movie. I thought it was not was what I was expecting at all. But um, the music is great. I, I really like the story of, you know, the the lineage of the family and how music is always involved in their life somehow, whether they want it or not. And how the final generation of the family, like, finally makes it, prevails, the happy ending. You don't get that very often around here at the Saturday Night Freak Show. The happy ending. (laughs) (laughs) And I enjoy it. (laughs) So, yes, I would would recommend this movie highly. And, And I liked it, too, because I'm very partial to my animation movies, so. And I like this one a lot. So, yes. <laughs> You're partial to your animation? I am, because, you know, I'm a Disney nut. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, I think this is my favorite Ralph Bakshi movie, which is kind of ironic, because I own Fire and Ice and don't own America. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I think it's, uh, I mean, like we were talking about before, I mean, this is a dramatic film that only happens to be animated, and I think it, uh, you know, it does, as Sean said, has that kind of flavor of, like, uh, maybe it's because of the, like, Italian connection or something. Uh, yeah, so because it has that yeah. kind of, yeah, it evokes the same... Yeah, because it's a saga, right? It, it a really, yeah, it really saga. is. Yes. I mean, you're covering so much. I mean, it could be longer. I mean, it could be like a two and a half hour movie or whatever. I mean, just it, expanding the different eras. Yeah, that they there's, going. there's yeah. obviously more material there sure. that would be, you know, I think uh, good for a, a film and for a story. So uh, the fact that it is a short, you know, it's like I sit there and I'm like, okay, is the music? You know, you're looking at it you're like, is this the music of the time that they're that they're playing? In all these, uh, you know, moments, or is this just what they could afford in the licensing? But I think, like, you son of a bitch. <sighs> I just got handed an extra shot of, of rum. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, that it's still, it's effective. It's not, like, on point, like, the Forrest Gump soundtrack that we talked about tonight. I mean, that's more like everybody has heard those tunes right. and can recognize, you know, where they're from. These are a little more, like... You know, a little just off left of center, which is actually kind of what I like about it. It makes me, it endures me to, endears me to the movie more, you know, because then it's its own thing and it's not using the same musical history beats that like everybody else uses. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, what? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, all that aside. I like the animation style. I've never really had a problem with uh, Bakshi's, uh uh, rotoscoping, you know, because it, that's as he's the primary guy who uses it, it becomes like, well, that's you know, you can identify most of that as a Ralph Bakshi movie, then, right? I mean, that's the guy's thing. It's also an art form on its own. I don't, you know, oh, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 not, it's obviously, I mean, I don't think, you know, to say that it takes any, you're still doing the same amount of drawings as a guy who yeah. animates it from scratch. Yeah. You know, the only thing is that the guy who's animating it from scratch, everything comes from his imagination, you know, where this is, you're relying on a moving model. Okay. Yeah. So we got that out of the way. (laughs) You know, I still think it works and is a valid, you know, it's still a a valid form of 2D animation. Um, Yeah. I mean, I would definitely recommend, I think you got to see 
American pop. I mean, just to appreciate uh, what I think is, I mean, at least in this country, right? I mean, it's ironic because it's American pop. It's talking about, like, American history, but we don't uh, go to see these movies anymore and produce animation for adults. The Japanese and the French are doing it now. So this is kind of like, you know, toward the end of a, I mean, it was a short-lived era, I want to say, animation for adults. From the counterculture of the 60s through, like, the, I mean, what, cool world. I mean, who else was doing it, really? I mean, there's right. little Overall, pockets here and there. But I, just the the adult, <clears throat> adult Duck material. I mean, Beowulf, maybe? Yeah, maybe kinda, comedy know? cartoons. Smack us, what? <laughs> Rick and Morty. <clears throat> yeah, but you're not going to see anything like the triplets of Belleville coming out of American animals. Right. No. I mean, unless it's uh, your guy in... Uh, uh, Plimpton. Uh, Plimpton, yeah. Plimpton. Or Ralph Bakshi. Not so, to say we have a complete view of what is adult animation <clears throat> nowadays. I mean, we do miss things, but yes. Right. Nothing... I mean, this is a major theatrical release from Columbia Pictures. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't see anything like that, I imagine, anymore. Or ever again, maybe. Who knows? So, um, it's, you know, it's an interesting relic of cinematic history also. But, uh, yeah, definitely check it out. American Pop. Uh, the reason I love this movie and recommend it for everyone is this is one of those movies, like, when you were a kid and you're starting to grow up, you know, you start to think, oh, things like cartoons you gotta, like, put away. But then wonderful people like Ralph Bakshi... <laughs> Show you that, like, oh, no, fucking, like, you know, there's weirdo adults that are into this, too. And, you know, you can make things, you know, like, Ralph Bakshi, his stuff is always a little sexy, but always a little ugly, right? Like, like he doesn't just draw, like, beautiful women all the time. You know, he, he draws, like, really lumpy, mm-hmm. you know, normal people. But at the same time... He keeps it realistic. Yeah, it keeps it realistic. But then also, he just has that edge, right? Like you said, that adult edge where, you know, I mean, I guess being like, I don't know, maybe I started watching Ralph Bakshi when I was probably like 11 or whatever. And it's like your next step from Jessica Rabbit, right? Jessica Rabbit introduced you to like, whoa, this fucking cartoon's like sexy. sexy cartoons. <laughs> you know, and then like I'm interested a little bit more into my cartoons uh, being a little. Uh, what else is sexy cartoon? You know, yeah. Where the fuck can I find this Japan? Where's the but, sexy cartoon <laughs> section at the video store? Yeah, dude, that's that's pretty much what I was like. Yeah, I was like, where is the? Does it got an adult sticker on it? That's what I'm. Uh, but uh, but yeah, like I don't know. They just kind of showed you how uh, how not everything that's deemed for children need to be for children. Uh, I always have conversations with people that can you get emotionally attached to cartoon characters? Can you? It's like, well, I think the answer is yes. It just depends on how how the actual movie or story is treated. Um, Japan's got some really wonderful, uh, like just just dramas, right? Just you know, nothing cartoony about them. Just happen to be animated, just because probably cheaper than getting a whole production crew together, you know, to just draw shit. Or it's just the art form, too, right? I mean... It's the art form, but I also think it's... Like, in Japan, I think it's budget. They don't necessarily have much of a... That's why their TV shows look like Power Rangers, right? Because (laughs) they're just... They don't really have the same money towards 
movies and television the way we do here. So it's like, fuck it. It's easier to, we can draw whatever we can think of. Why, yeah, why I mean, limit it to. When you look at like Wolf Children, right? The movie you introduced me to, it's like that movie could have been made with a Japanese, like a budget of a Japanese feature film. Because those those scenes where the children are going from human to wolf form, like fluidly, like that'd be a whole like that'd be a whole thing, right? I mean, it would just be a whole CG thing, and they don't got the money for if they don't really, they barely have the money for really good cameras and production equipment, let alone good CG effects, so it's easier just to animate. There's some Japanese producer out there going like, God damn it, they don't know anything about it. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> well, you guys, draw, they draw it. They draw shit. We know it. But, uh, point Attack being... Attack on Titan is like a huge fucking hit right now, and it's like CG giant dudes. Well, but that's it's from a cartoon. This movie, no matter what, True. isn't going to be able to do what that cartoon did, which might not be able to, the cartoon might not be able to do what the comic did. I don't know. Anyway, the point being that, yeah, there is adult material. You don't have to grow up, you know. <laughs> you, can, you can stay a child a little bit longer and just kind of like, you know. Promise? Just, just, just uh, make your your subject a little bit more intellectual, I suppose. Instead of, you know. And, uh, I mean, I guess I'll mention the music. Uh, it's one of those very music heavy movies. I've always liked a movie that makes you feel I don't know, I don't know how you would describe that. Like what what music does for a movie when they kinda get it right, you know, when they I thought you were gonna say nostalgia. I mean I like, like Mean Streets. <laughs> I like singing like if there's a good song playing I and you know if it's during a break where they're like they did montages a lot when they played the songs or something like there wasn't a whole lot of dialogue they had well they had background music but there was a lot of times they played songs and it was just a song playing there wasn't dialogue over it right and I like when that happens and I can sing to it right <laughs> yeah you were kind of rocking out during this movie <laughs> it was songs in this movie that's why it is uh kind of like the forest of sunshine. <laughs> Yeah. I just say the songs are fucking good. I'm not oh, saying it like, is good. It's the, good. The, the, it's the, good. The, uh, good songs. Yeah, they're as there, recognizable. Though. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that if this was a soundtrack, it would be like a two or three disc soundtrack. That you know, I mean, a lot of fucking songs in this movie. And uh, yeah, I always, I will always love this movie. It's a great movie. And now we know why. All right, so that's American Pop on Saturday Night Freak Show. And next week, Sean is going to thrill us with his motion picture choice of a certain movie with a title that is called. <laughs> and you will be thrilled. It will, it's uh, we're going to watch Critters Two, the main course. The main course. Right, so main go back course. and listen to our Critters, Critters One podcast. Now we shall do two. The better of the two movies, I think. We'll see. Easter. We'll it's see. Yeah, you got to hang up on the Easter thing. But we'll see. To, you know why it's Easter? We'll see. So they can paint the critter eggs. <laughs> oh, spoiler. It's a little, I haven't seen oh, this yet. I haven't seen it. Uh, How did I get through the beginning of the movie? Uh, so that's uh, next week, folks. Uh, You'll hear this entire thing happen again okay. on <laughs> this Critters again. 2, Papa. the main course. Next week on the Saturday Night Freak Show. And until then, ladies and germs, the basement is going dark.